Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Jennifer Dukes-Lee. Jennifer is on the show today talking about how a little letter goes a long way based on my devotional, A Little Goes a Long Way, 52 Days to a Significant Life. You know, I like to think of the Bible as God's love letter to us, filled with wisdom and encouragement to refer back to again and again. His words meet us right where we are every time we open the Bible, and they serve as a reminder of His presence in our lives. What would it look like to write a letter back to Him? A journal, perhaps. Well, Jennifer Deucely is on today's show chatting about her book, Stuff I'd Only Tell God, a guided journal of courageous honesty, obsessive truth-telling, and beautifully ruthless self-discovery. Join us as she shares why journaling is so therapeutic, how it enables us to connect with God, and how it helps you discover more about yourself. Hello, Jennifer, and welcome back to the Love Offering Podcast. I'm so happy to have you again. Thank you, Rachel. It's so good to be here. And um, I wish that we could have, that we could see all the people who are listening, because you and I get to see each other, which is nice. And I get to see your beautiful smile today on a Zoom call. Oh, and actually, so you are on vacation and you're joining us today. And I feel so um just lucky and fortunate that you get to join us. And, and actually you messaged me earlier and you're like, is it okay if I come in a hat? And I'm like, yes, can I come <laughs> without makeup and, and, and like getting ready? Because we are having an honest conversation and it feels, it feels true that we should come in our honest, like real selves today, like all, all, all of our real selves and every single, in every single aspect today. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. And I was thinking, you know, like, you know, do if this was like a video call, because some podcasts do that now, like they put them up on YouTube mm-hmm. or put little clips on Instagram and that's fine. But I'll bet that with your listeners though, they would have been low key and would have received even my hat headed self. We would have absolutely 100%. <laughs> well, so today's conversation, and I alluded to this, but today's conversation is all about how a little letter goes a long way based on my devotional, a little goes a long way, 52 days to a significant life. And you have written stuff. I'd only tell God a guided journal of courageous honesty, obsessive truth-telling and beautifully ruthless self-discovery. And I had to talk slow there. <laughs> To make sure I could get all that right. But so you actually have a a background in journalism. And for those of you um, that didn't tune in to Jennifer's episode the last time she was here, I'll include that in the show notes. But um, you tell that story of, you know, your your whole backstory of when you were um, a journalist. Um, But I would so I would encourage everybody to go back and listen to that episode. But I'd be interested to hear, have you also always been a journaler? I started my first journal in, oh, I was a fourth grader. So a really long time ago, it was a Pac-Man diary and it had one of those little locks on it with the key. And so I I would slip it under my mattress, which of course, everybody knows that's where a young girl was going to put her diary, but I thought it was a great hiding place. And then I hid the key somewhere else. And um, it was just kind of musings about my day or what we had for school lunch or how my little brother was annoying me. And that's how I started. And um, that really grew into uh, um, teenage journaling and just processing disappointment, loneliness, um, 
kind of this reaching out for God and trying to understand who he was. And um, I would say I went through very much a journaling drought, a journaling drought um, where I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about my own thoughts and feelings. I got very busy after college and it just didn't seem like a worthwhile exercise. It seemed like maybe a waste of time. And I was a busy woman who had a lot of things to get done. It wasn't until after uh, we moved back to the farm, I'm a farm wife, um, about 20 years ago, when I was very much uh, thinking through things of faith, thinking through who God was, thinking through um, a lot of regrets and things that had happened in my past, and also thinking through what I wanted my life to look like moving forward. And I began to journal in a much more intentional way. I've never been a person, Rachel, to pick up a an empty, beautiful journal and be able to just start right in. I have many of those journals and they have about one page written in them. And part of it was, it's like, I don't know what to say, even though I'm a writer, I don't, I just didn't know what to say. So I had better luck journaling in ways where I had a specific intention. So prayer journals became very, a vital part of my growth, um, which is sort of a, le- I mean, that's a letter to God, right? You know, these, these were letters to God um, and gratitude lists became an important part of my journaling. And that too, it felt like writing a letter to God or writing a letter to myself, just being grateful to, for what was in my life. And and of course, being grateful to God for what he had given me. This journal um, is really an answer. The one that I wrote, Stuff I Don't Tell God, is an answer to the need to journal. Like it's really important that we do it, but especially for people who just don't even know where to begin or where to start and don't yet, aren't yet convinced of the value of journaling. So that's that's kind of the backstory of stuff I'd only tell God. And I had a lot of fun writing this thing, I'll tell you. Uh, well, I have had a lot of fun reading it. And, you know, you kind of mentioned, you know, the, some of these prompts, the prayer prompts and gratitude prompts. And I think that those are really helpful as well. And so that kind of seg- segues into a question that I had for you. Have you ever gone back to read one of your journals And it reminded you of how God has answered your prayers or had been present with you in your circumstances. That's happened to me so frequently. And I'm so thankful that I wrote it down because I've, I would have forgotten otherwise. I 100% agree. Actually, I was just doing this on Sunday after church. One of my other journals is that I journal um, during church services, which seems like a weird practice, maybe as if I'm not paying attention, but it's helping the message um, enter in. And then at the end of the service, I sit there and I write down prayer, prayer requests that are related to the the message or that are things that I brought into the church building that day. And I went back into my 2018 and 19 entries in that journal and was brought to tears over the faithfulness of God in my life. Um, at that time in 2018 and 2019, our younger daughter was going through a living hell with her health, um, with friendships, um, with uh, mental health struggles, which she shares openly and has granted me permission to share those things. 
but to see where she is now and to read the cry of my heart three and four and five years ago um, really pointed to the goodness and faithfulness of God in my life and the assurance that he was hearing me all along, even at times when I was unsure if he was listening. So um, I, I also see prayers, um, quite frankly, of things that I've been praying for for a very long time and that we're still waiting for God to answer. But uh, it reminded me to be persistent in prayer and to keep conversation lines open with the God who hears and wants to know what, what the cries of our hearts really are. Well, so I think that that leads me to my next question for you then how does the practice of journaling help you connect with God? So you mm -hmm. use it in your church services, you use it to talk with him. Um, are there any other ways that it helps you connect with him? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, even a secular therapist will suggest as homework, go home and journal this week. Think about your past. Think about your future. Like that's an assignment for all kinds of therapists. So we know that just in the science of things, that that's an important practice, that it helps you get in touch with yourself. But when we come at journaling from a Christian worldview, when pen hits paper, we're not writing or speaking into an echo chamber. I think there's a keen awareness among most Christians who journal that this really is a conversation with God that he sees my feelings, he sees the fun things I write down, he sees what I'm grateful for, because I just don't think, I don't just thank the lucky stars for um, the things on my gratitude list. I'm thanking the Lord above. So even though at the top of the page, it might not say, dear God, I really am writing him a letter. I see it as bringing my whole self before him in a very intentional way. And that's like next level therapy. Like it's, it's good for anybody to do, to write down these things, but it's a whole nother ball game to lay this before the Lord and say, I need your help or thank you for this. Or guess what happened? Even though I already knows, but it's just, it's just a really cool practice in the same way that we converse with friends or spouses or, you know, somebody that you're dating or whatever, or a child, you grow in relationship by communicating and journaling is an intentional means of communicating with your creator who values the words that you put on the paper. Now, when I was preparing for this conversation with you, it, I had the thought that the way that he communicates us with us, one of the ways is he wrote a letter to us, you know, his love letter to us is his scripture, his, 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 his word, the Bible. And so he wrote a letter to us in, in, in a lot of ways. And so he wants to us to read that. And so it, it it's beautiful to think that he wants us to read his word and that he is then wanting us to even write back to him. Like, does that evoke any emotion yeah. or thought in you? Yeah, you it's like a sacred, that? a sacred pen pal relationship is what that sounds like. I, I really actually like that, Rachel. That's absolutely, it, it is a call and response. It's, this is what you say to be true, God, and this is how I'm responding in my life. Uh, we see that il illustrated beautifully in the Bible when we open up to the middle and read the Psalms. 
we're really getting a look at um, David's journal entries, his diary entries, his own letters to God, everything from how long, oh Lord, and who of us hasn't felt that in one way or another in our lives, or why is my soul so downcast, or God, why have you forsaken me? Um, where are you? You know, all of these kinds of honest questions and also um, the uh, David gives voice to praise and gratitude for God, thanking him for all sorts of things and acknowledge, acknowledging his holiness and his, his creation and his um, omniscience and omnipresence and all those kinds of things in his letters, in his journal entries. You know, I love that example of David. Like he, he was a journaler and, you mm -hmm. know, really if all of the, the things that we read in the Bible were written by somebody, you know, and I really think about Paul, Paul was a letter writer to, to all of the churches. Um, when you think about biblical examples of people that wrote letters is, I mean, are there any other people that come to mind? I mean, Paul is the, probably the most obvious example, isn't he? Yeah, I would say that Paul is the most obvious example. He was writing to people and he was writing to churches. Um, the gospel writers um, were writing an account of things about things as, as they happened. And many journalers journal in that way. Like this is the stuff that happened today. This is the cool things that happened. This is the things that I didn't understand. And this is the way that Jesus spoke into those places. So it um, those kind of letters become a sort of history and model to us to write down the history of Jesus in our lives. We think that we're not going to forget these big things in our lives, but I would give anything to go back to 1996 and have journaled what my wedding day was like. Like, how mm. could I forget that? And there's, but there's all kinds of pieces of that day that I can no longer grasp anymore. And that I don't get to kind of move forward into the next generation. So we can look to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to see them modeling the telling of a history. Granted, you know, the wedding of Cana is a little bit more dramatic than the wedding of Jennifer and Scott Lee, but um, I still think there's just a whole lot of value in writing our story and seeing where Jesus intersects with it all along the way. Yeah, it makes me think, do, do any of the people that wrote in the Bible, do, did, they, did they think that what they wrote, we would still be reading now? I just, I've thought about that a lot, and it is hard to imagine that when David is penning like Psalm 51, possibly from a cave while he's hiding, that he's thinking, yeah, in 2023, Rachel and Jennifer are going to be talking about this or, you know, Psalm, the Psalm 23, that when he's writing those words about the Lord is my shepherd, shepherd, and I shall not want that these words would become the verses that many people cling to at the end of their lives and that people grieving cling to at funerals. I mean, I just, I don't know what kind of wisdom or insight they were given about how far it would really go. If, if when Paul wrote to the church of Corinth, he's like, here you go, church of Corinth. But did he, you know, have some kind of a divine impression that it was going to go further than that? I don't know, but it, mm -hmm. it's pretty, it's pretty cool to think about how it did spread because of the Holy Spirit. 
Mm-hmm. So, and so when we think about what we write down, have you given like your family strict instructions, like burn my journals or no, but I this need with to, them, or I <laughs> need to, because uh, I mean, I could just die tragically. And then all of a sudden there's no, there's no rules about what, what they can read. And there's some really personal stuff. And I think we all need a burn friend, like that friend who is a neighbor that we really trust that knows as soon as you find out I'm gone, get over here. And this is the filing cabinet where I keep them. And you must, you must burn them all and don't read them. And then you give, you, you, you offer it back to your friend too. So, um, then on the other hand, you know, I have mixed feelings about this because there's some of my journals that I really do want to be read later. I want my girls to see how I struggled my way through faith at times and how I came out on the other side, trusting in God's faithfulness. I want them to see that. And I have an advantage because as an author, a lot of my private musings end up in books, but not all of them. And for most people listening, that's not the case. You won't have a book that details certain stories from your life. So I think it's really valuable and important, especially in regard to your faith story, your testimony, where God brought you, what you learned and what you valued that is immensely important to write down, whether it's scratching in the margins of your Bible, keeping a simple little notebook, writing those prayer requests or gratitudes, like something that points to God in your life that people can hold on to later. You could read anybody's journal or anybody's maybe answer to the stuff I'd only tell God. Who, who Whose book, if somebody purchased your book, whose answers would you just love to have? Oh man, that is so good. Like person living or, or gone. Yeah, anybody. Yeah. Okay. So let's do both. Living. All right. Living let's do and- both. Let's do both. Well, I think that for for living people, I would really want to see my mom's, mm. um, because she's so highly influential in my life, but also of the generation that some of the things that are of her past, she's not all that keen on talking about. So I'd like to know if she'd be willing to share. And in fact, we've we've talked about a lot of the questions in this journal as she's been going through it. And she's told me there's some things I'm just not going to write down because I don't want you to know. <laughs> so I definitely want to see mom's she's answers. She's in the burn category. Yeah, she's she's definitely in the burn category. And so I'll have to honor that um, if, if she goes before I do. Uh, and... As for somebody in history, I would love to see uh, Thomas's answers to the questions and stuff I'd only tell God. He really inspires me. Um, He asked really good questions. He had all kinds of um, thoughts and concerns and um, just like deep heart questions for Jesus. And Jesus seemed to embrace him in those. And um, he's been called... Doubting Thomas, which sounds like a shameful thing, but it's not. I think he's curious, Thomas. And curiosity, I place high value on that. And it would be fun to read. It would be fun to read Thomas's answers, not just to the deep questions about what what he believes about God, but also just the silly ones like, would he survive a zombie apocalypse? And 
<laughs> has he ever shoplifted? I mean, there, there are some silly questions like that inside of the book, in addition to the big heavy stuff. So that'd be fun to see. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that we struggle to be honest with God and ourselves? Why do you think this is such a struggle? We buy into the notion that God is so holy, which he is. That's not a notion. That's the reality. But that because he is so holy, he is repelled, disgusted, um, turns his back on this the sin in our lives or the things that we're ashamed of um and that we that we that makes it hard to be honest with him about it because he's such a holy god the anti-gospel part of that happens when we forget that it's because of our sin and all of that stuff that he actually sent jesus for us so this is jesus is his response given to us in advance of all the things that we are going to put down on a piece of paper or that we're going to speak to God in prayer. Um, and that answer stays the same. The answer to all of the things that we write down or that we speak into the world about what hurts, what what's broken, what's difficult, just getting that deeply honest about it, the answer that comes back at us is not an answer of condemnation but of Jesus, 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 that's the answer. And when we lay that before him, he is so very close, so close to the brokenhearted, so close to the honest, um, so close to those of us who are willing to fall on our faces and just say, I'm so sorry, God, I regret this, or I'm confused by this, God, please, can you come and draw close to me in this pain? Uh, whatever that happens to be, getting honest about those kinds of things is opening a door into Jesus entering in and bringing us his comfort through Jesus. You know, you, you mentioned earlier that counselors talk about how therapeutic writing can be. Um, and, you know, we have been, we've talked about all the serious natures of, of it, but you've, you've also mentioned lots of the fun aspects of it too. And so, um, I, I just want to make sure that the the reader or the listeners know that as you read along in this, that this is supposed to be fun as well, that this isn't just a, a serious exercise. It's, it's both. And why was that so important to you to include both the fun and, is, and the serious? Yeah. Part of it is, is because I think that Christians tend to take spiritual disciplines so seriously and we take ourselves so seriously and we forget that God is just funny. He's, you know, created, I mean, just look at some of the weird animals that he made, you know, I mean, they're just funny animals. We're, and we're funny people. We're weird. I have a whole section in, in the middle of the, the journal called me and my weird ways. And it's this opportunity to just embrace the wild, weird, wonderful ways that God made whimsical you like you're there's only one you and that is that's so cool we know it but do we really embrace it and so that whole section has things like the weirdest thing in my purse the weirdest thing i've ever eaten the weirdest text that i've ever gotten things that i'm weirdly great at um yeah it's just it, it it's it's just this a way of of thinking about our life more holistically and not coming to god only in this 
um, King James version way of approaching him, but also like just being me, just being regular, ordinary me, the, the whole of me that God knit together, unlike anybody else. I think that's so important and valuable. Do you think, do you think most people are natural? Like you even said, here you are a writer and journaling doesn't come naturally for you. And so is it your hope for your readers that this makes it easy for them? Like for those listening, they're like, I don't really like to journal. And so (laughs) I don't know that I want this book, Jennifer, what would you say to them? Well, I think that if you want to just go take a peek at it, you can um, go on to stuff. I'd only tell God at, at on Instagram where I share regularly the kinds of fun prompts and serious prompts that are inside of the journal. You can go on to Amazon and see what it looks like on the inside and get a feel for it. And you realize this is the kind of stuff that you'd love to talk about with friends over dinner. I mean, there's fun questions in there. Like what's your dream last meal? And what's the one song that if it were played every, every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life, what song would you want that to be? I mean, these are just fun questions that are, that you can just spend a little bit of time with. And then, but you know, there's sections too, that just deal with your fears and your habits and why you procrastinate on certain things that will, that you don't have to do them all at once. You just take a section, take a few prompts a day and just see what beauty unfolds. Have you answered them all yourself? I have. I have answered them all as I wrote them, but I am going through my own copy and now writing it, writing them in by hand. Yeah. And so through the process, what do you think that you learned about yourself? I learned to be so much more compassionate and empathetic toward myself. Um, toward who I am right now and toward previous versions of myself as well. There was a, there's a spot in the journal where you write a letter to your younger self. And um, when I, when I wrote that one into the journal, I had an idea of what I would write. Like I would say things like, well, Jennifer, you know, you just need to learn how not to take yourself so seriously, or you need to do this, or you need to do that. And don't worry so much about blah, blah, blah. Okay. Like kind of almost like a scolding letter when I was writing it up in my head. But when I got to that question with my pen and I started to write, I realized that all of the previous versions of Jennifer led me to the one that I am today. And that made, I admired her. I didn't condemn her. I'm like, thank you, young Jennifer, for the risks that you took. Thank you for picking yourself back up again. Um, when when mistakes were made and when failures were made. I mean, just some of the audacity that young Jennifer had in doing things that I don't know if I could do today. I, I, and so I just wanted to honor her with this letter to my previous self. And I, that was one of the biggest takeaways for me going through it is um, just this compassion toward myself and help that helps me move forward into my future with so much more confidence. Mm, that's a beautiful takeaway. And I think that's a challenge for all of us to take away. Go, 
well, first of all, go and, and get your stuff out only tell God book and 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 do these um, journal entries yourself, but write a letter to your younger self. Um, I think that that's a beautiful exercise for sure. And so as we're coming to a close, this is a question I, I have been asking all of my guests, but how has a little letter gone a long way in your own life? I have received um, really meaningful letters from our daughters who are journalers and very expressive with the written word, like their mother. And um, I treasure these. These letters have been written to me at key points in their life journeys. Um, when Anna headed off to college a year early after, you know, this horrific mental health battle and physical problems. And then just getting to hold that letter in my hand after we'd come back home from dropping her off in college and just treasuring those words, um, received another letter under my pillow when she went on a mission trip to Guatemala this summer and she was gone for two months. And I had that letter on my bedside table for the entire two months that she was gone. And I treasured that. From our, from our older daughter, Lydia, letters at also at key times, like her, her high school graduation or um, finding one of those letters under my pillow when she went off to Oxford to study last year. And um, just the, the, the reflective nature and the gratitude they have and um, their, their willingness to try new things and go new places, but not for getting home and that we're here and that we love them. So I really treasure those, those letters very much. I mean, I treasure getting letters and emails from readers and messages from readers of my books and Bible studies. And those are wonderful too, and kind of keep me going um, as I continue to produce books and other kinds of content. So that really means a lot too. Um, yeah, I think those, I think those are the main ones I'm thinking of right now. How can we stay in contact with you? Well, I am Jennifer Dukes Lee everywhere online. Um, that's my website, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And you can also check out the stuff I'd only tell God page on Instagram. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for being my guest and for helping us to believe that a little letter goes a long way. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Jennifer Dukes Lee. We hope that today encouraged you to get honest with yourself and to get honest with God and to believe that a little letter goes a long way. This week, your little task is to write a letter to someone who God places on your heart. Prayerfully consider what God might have you to say to them. This week, if you are interested in show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams author on Instagram or on Facebook. I would love to connect with you there. I'd also love to connect with you over on rachelkadams.com. There you can subscribe to receive your weekly love offering newsletter. And all of this information can go straight to your inbox each week. You can also listen to previous podcast episodes. You can read the blog series. You can download free resources like the list tracker conversation guide and guided journal. And you can learn to leave a review for this podcast podcast and for the A Little Goes a Long Way devotional, just so more women can find and hear about this love offering message. Next week, my guest is Rochelle Starr. She's on the show talking about how a little vision goes a long way. I can't wait to chat with you again then, but until then, I hope you have a terrific week. And as always, remember to lead with love. <music>